I think I just understand and I've grasped the nature of, you know, where I am in life and, and what is important. And for me, it's winning, and I feel comfortable in that position. I mean, some people, you have to train yourself to be comfortable, and that's it's very trainable, right? But I just love being in those moments. Like, I, I love not, not necessarily the spotlight and, like, you know, if we had a million people in here, like, yeah, that'd be awkward. But, like, I love winning, and I love putting myself in contention, and you love... Like, that's what, that's what you are, like, when you're a kid. Like, I was always, like, I always told my dad, like, oh, just one more shot. Like, let me just, let me just make one more. Like, even if it was basketball, like, forget about golf. Like, whatever it was, it was just, let me stay out here one more time. Let me make that last shot. Let me do this one last thing. Um, and that's just who I am. I, like, I don't, I don't know how, you know, how it was implemented or, you know, put in me or whatever it may be. Um, but that's just who I am. I, I you know, I'm, pretty calm and I go out there and I just want to be in those situations and I think that's when I thrive the most. Colin Morikawa, what's going on folks? Welcome to Wednesday of the Players Championship Week and I'm convinced that this week as we sit on the eve of the start of the players that this week is going to be about patience as much as it is anything else. If you look at the weather forecast Thursday's weather forecast Dom's in my headset just going Ugh. Are you had you not seen this, Don, before this graphic? Look at this. You ready for this, folks? No, I've seen it. I just hate looking at it. It's miserable. Yeah. I don't, I don't, it makes me, it makes me sad. All right, sad emoji face for, for Dominic. So Thursday's forecast, high of 75, 82% chance of thunderstorms, winds southwest at 13 miles per hour. Friday, Friday just got a lot worse from yesterday to today. The high on Friday is going to be 69 and it's, what is it, 94%? 94% chance of rain. East-northeast wind at 9 miles an hour, which you can see why the temperature is coming down because anytime it starts to shift from the north, it gets colder. And it's just flat-out rain. Saturday, however, is worse. Temperature about the same, but thunderstorms early, as they're trying to catch up, right, from the cut. But no, they got thunderstorms to deal with. And then the forecast flat out says wind. And there's a 90% chance of weather. The winds, and, the, and these are just the sustained winds, not gusts, mid-20s. Right? And then Sunday, after whatever this front is comes through, the high is only going to be 54. And remember, that's the high. So that's going to be, what, 3 o'clock in the afternoon? The low is 47. Uh, mostly sunny, so the, so the storm clouds have gone away. And the wind is out of the north, that same north-northeast wind, at now at 13 miles an hour, not counting gusts. It is going to be a brutal week. So what I'm getting at is that I think it's going to be a week where look for players with great patience. You know, so here we have, we start the, the show this morning with Colin Morikawa, already a two-time major champion, right? He was tied for 41st in his first outing last year at the players, but on Sunday, which kind of shows the way he hangs around, he had the best round of the field with a 66 on Sunday. And his, the, the fairways are going to be wet, obviously, this week. So that's going to open up the field because when it's hard and fast and running, especially for players who are marginally off, not even a lot off, but even marginally off, those, those golf balls would bound into the thick grass. Whereas now you can be marginally off and hold the edge of a fairway. But 
I still think that ball striking, because if it, depending on the winds and the crosswinds, which changes everything that I'm talking about, admittedly, you're going to have players that are going to be firing at targets on greens, hitting to certain areas to try to set up the best putt for birdie, because the greens are going to be hold more. And because of all the, the rain, they're not going to have the same bite either. They're just not, it, it's going to mitigate the importance of putting in the overall scope. Obviously, it's still there, but it just mitigates it somewhat. So for Colin Morikawa, someone that can be on again, off again with the putter, now you're talking about maybe one of the best in terms of ball striking. I'm talking about approach to the green. Leads, he leads the tour ball striking right now, underscore. Par four scoring and adjusted scoring. Last time he teed it up, he finished tied for second at Riviera. Pretty strong. And the cast of those that could be continues. And now what's interesting is that the other day when we had Carney on and I was going through the list of, I was, I was just throwing names at him. I used uh, Rob Bolton's article of, at, at PGATour.com. Who's, he's excellent at what he does. He summarizes it. And he put together a bunch of players and I love the list. So I ran through the list 20 with Carney. Carney would give me the comments. And I was thinking about it afterwards when we got off the air and I thought to myself, you know, we never said the name Dustin Johnson. Never said the name Brooks Kepka. I could keep going. There's another 10 players whose names never mentioned. Uh, like, uh, uh, for example, if you're wondering like, well, who do you, who do you got in mind? Give me another example. Louis Oostazen, right? If, if we're looking at a players that's going to be about solid ball striking, not so much about putting, although obviously it's still paramount, but it's just not so much. But a ball striking is going to be critically important. How about Louis? Louis, Louis, right? So there's a, and again, the list could go on and on and on with players that we haven't mentioned. In terms of players that we have mentioned, uh, Rory McIlroy is always going to be prominent. Remember, he won this event not long ago. Uh, and again, Rory too, same kind of theme that I was talking about with Colin, not, not quite same arsenal because Rory's primary strength is going to be from off the tee. Uh, and off the tee, it's, again, that's, all the players are long on the PGA Tour. I do get that it's a matter of, of degrees, but if you've got wins into the wins and crosswinds, solid ball striking off the tee is still going to be important, obviously. Uh, it's just the, the ability to hit it long and straight and hold hard, fast fairways has been blunted for, for Rory as well. But he's still going to be a great ball striker. It's a question of where Rory is with the rest of the game. His, his high-lofted play with, it, with an iron tends to be on again, off again. And we know that the putter is a question of who shows up that week, sometimes that round, sometimes that pot. So for Rory McIlroy, he was asked about all of the new young guns out on tour and how he thinks his game stacked up now an old man in his 30s compares to these young guys. The top guys have gotten younger and younger. Um, yeah, Colin, Victor, John Ram. Um, you know these guys coming out of college and they're, you know they're, you know they're ready to be superstars and they're they're sort of candidates to be number one in the world. Uh, I don't think it makes it harder to close out tournaments or to, I mean it does. I mean obviously if the if the fields are deeper, but it's not. You know, that, none of that's necessarily in my control. Like, I can't control what those guys do. All I can do is go out and play the best golf that I can and, 
if that's good enough to win tournaments, that's great. And if it's not, then you know you, you have to try to make improvements and see where you can. But um, I still feel like my best golf is more than good enough to to win the biggest golf tournaments in the world. So I don't have a you know I don't yes. worry about that. Roy McIlroy again, who won this in 2019, although last year he missed the cut and he missed it convincingly, a 10 shot miss by Rory McIlroy. So uh, Dom was we were just chatting before we went on the air that because of this, the way the weather is going to impact this golf course, that it is going to have an impact on, on players that at least you look at it and go, mm, yeah, I think they've got a pretty good shot. Dom, could you tell me, go from, go from uh, Justin Thomas, the, le- the defending champion, down. Who are the last, say, 10 winners of the players? The last 10 winners or so of the, PG, of the uh, Players' Championship are as follows. Justin Thomas, Roy McIlroy, Webb Simpson, Siwoo Kim, Jason Day, Ricky Fowler, Martin Keimer, Tiger Woods, and Matt Kuchar. KJ Choi, Tim Clark, Henrik Stenson, Sergio Garcia, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, see, my contention would be if you look look at the strokes gained approach, the most important stat, strokes gained approach, what is it? Oh, yeah, strokes gained approach. Yes, yeah, strokes gain approach is really important. Uh, scrambling is also going to be important. Those, those, if you, if oh. I, had a, if I had to boil it down to two, but Stand I believe what's happened with the golf course. They always talk about how the golf course is so equitable, and people will point to, for example, oh, Fred Funk won there, Matt Kuchar won there, uh, Martin Keimer won there. It was not really that short. Webb Simpson won there. Is really not that short. But if you look at the last five winners, of which Webb is one of them, I think we're seeing a shift in the makeup of the course. I also think that because it's back in March, we're seeing a shift in the makeup of the course and thus players that are capable of winning there. It is easier to get a golf course running hard and fast in Florida in March than it is in May. Right? So what I'm saying to you is I think that the conditions this week are going to be more approximate to the winners that we had when the players was in May than the players, than the, those that we've seen the last few years with it back in March. And the reason I'm saying that is because a golf course is going to be forced by the hand of God to be softer. When that happens, it opens up the field to different types of players. And I think it's going to be about players that are striking the ball well in very windy conditions, hitting the ball into segments of the greens, and setting themselves up for the best chance to putt. It's it's not going to be about a power game, which is what I think the golf course was turning into the last few years. So what do you got, Dom, in terms of those stats? Sorry. Uh, for the approach to green stuff, I mean, I don't know if it matters, but I can give you, like, say, the top five right now on tour. Yeah, strokes it does approach. matter. Let's go. Will Zalatoris, John Rahm, Daniel Berger, Colin Morikawa, and Tom Hoagie. Interesting. So, Rom is leading the tour in strokes gain off the tee, greens and regulation, and strokes gain tee to green. World number one, John Rom. There are four players that could grasp that mantle this week, giving various scenarios.
tied for ninth at the event last year for John Rahm. So John Rahm was amongst those that addressed the media yesterday. And whenever you hear anyone talk about John Rahm, they talk about his emotions. Buried in mind that it is more likely than not, if, if not a foregone conclusion, that this week's event is going to be a stop and start affair. That patience is going to be the 15th club in your bag. Well, they talk about John Rahm. They talk about him being fiery and emotional and all the rest. And John, tell us. I mean, now, you've, now that you've got the, the baby at home, is it easier to not carry the frustrations on your shoulders? Like I said, even before being a dad, it's something like, it's something that as soon as I was done playing, pretty quickly I would get over it. But now it's even quicker, right? I'm even better at not bringing dad at home. Because feel, you know, what I learned, kids are so in tune to what you're feeling that if I come home all frustrated, for no reason he will get frustrated, then mom gets frustrated, and that's not a good afternoon, right? So uh, I've become even better. Plus, when I see him, he just now that he's, he's been walking for a while, he looks at me and runs up to me. I can't help but to smile. And at the second I smile, I forget about it. And even though you know, I'm not really too worried about it, uh, like last week, I wasn't too worried about the setup. If anything, I'll be worried about what I could have done better. But the setup, it is what it is. We all have to play it, and a lot of people did great. All right, so John Rom talking about the fact that fatherhood for him has been a benefit overall, and we'll see how it plays. You just heard me going through his stats and, and the likelihood of John Rom. He is world number one for a reason. It is interesting with Daniel Berger, as Don was talking about him as one of the leaders in strokes game approach. He's third in that category. He is absolutely number one in scrambling. Uh, obviously played very, very well at PGA National. Just had a bad day on the final day. Was unable to hold on. He ended up finishing in fourth place uh, at the Honda Classic. Uh, he's had two top tens at Players Championship, uh, including last year where, where uh, he has as well. Uh, who's he playing with, Tom? Do you know? Yeah, he goes off at 12.34. He is with Jordan Spieth and Dustin Johnson. He is actually part of one of the feature groups, which you can see on ESPN+. Plus. Matt will go over those air times a little bit later. But uh, you'll be able to watch pretty much every one of his shots uh, and uh, if, you, if, I mean, if you choose to. So I, but I think the stats side of this is very interesting because I would imagine that if the rain wasn't going to be what it is, I feel like something like scrambling wouldn't be as important as it's going to be. If that makes sense. Uh, I would. I wouldn't. I would actually wouldn't agree with that totally. It just it's going to be important because in those wins, players are going to miss greens. It's going to happen. But even if they didn't have the the wins, it'd be a different challenge because it'd be running hard and fast. And the golf course, by all accounts, is in absolutely perfect condition. They still would have the scrambling would still be paramount. Uh, it, it might even be more difficult because the greens would start to get harder and faster as the week went on as well. But Daniel Berger is, is an example of what I was talking about earlier. How many people you hear talking about Daniel Berger? Uh, those that he's playing with that Dom was mentioning, just so you know, the, the press conference schedule today, Jordan Spieth and Dustin Johnson are both talking. It, it gets underway this morning uh, from 8 a.m. this morning. Right now it's underway where they have the first timers coming in and addressing the media, and then at 10.30 a.m., Jordan Spieth, and 10.45 a.m., Dustin Johnson. So we have so much a, more a to get to. A couple more stats here for you, Matt. Justin yeah. Thomas yes. and Colin Morikawa, who are names that you would think would kind of come top of mind. Yep. Uh, they're up there. So if you look at the scrambling stats, 
Justin Thomas is 10th on tour. Colin Morikawa is 11th. Justin Thomas is also 10th on tour in strokes gained approach. And Colin Morikawa is 4th. So basically both top 10 in both categories. So, you know, you, you, last night I was thinking to myself, you know, I wonder if the winner could come from nowhere this year because of the, because of the weather situation. I wonder if it's just, it's just going to end up being something that we don't expect because there's going to be so many variables at play. Like you said, stop, start, possibly a Monday finish. Uh, could the, be a matter of your, t- your tee time. It. It, could be, it could be a draw situation, almost like, like it uh, could an be open. All kinds of st- it could be an absolute toss-up. But when you do what we're doing, right, you spend a little bit more time thinking about it. You, you look hard at the stats. Maybe it won't be. Maybe it'll be Justin Thomas or Colin Morikawa. <laughs> well, we'll see what uh, this, this gets back to what I was just starting to say about all that we have coming up. Uh, because Dom brought up Justin Thomas, I'm going to have you hear from Justin Thomas when we come back from this break because we've got sound coming from everybody that had a chance to speak to the media yesterday, and we do want to hear from all of these players. And one of them is not a player at all, but very compelling sound. And that's coming from the commissioner of the PGA Tour in the form of Jay Monahan. Really into that. Again, I, I mentioned this a couple of days ago how excited I was about yesterday because all the press conferences are coming through and all the subjects that we knew were going to be addressed. Well, this was the commissioner's first chance to be sitting in front of a room full of media. And this was a commissioner that I, I would say, I watched this press conference twice just to get a feel of it. I would say overall that that Jay wanted to send forth a message of being resolute, of being calm, of being in control. But my takeaway of it was that there's one thing that people say, and then there's another thing that their body says. And the language from his body was, I'm pretty pissed off. Back with more of the Fairways of Life after this. Glenn Hogan demanded perfection in every golf club that bore his name. We still do. Exceptional quality, exceptional craftsmanship, exceptional price. Order your custom-built combo iron set at BenHoganGolf.com. Ireland is home to over 400 courses, including a third of the world's natural links and a selection of exceptional championship courses in amazing locations, as well as hosting the prestigious Ryder Cup, Solime Cup, and the Open. Experience golf like you never have before from Royal Port Rush, Royal County Down, Port Marnock, Lahinch, Valley Bunyan, or Tralee. Let yourself be embraced by the culture and history and feel the warmth of the Irish people who will make you feel as though you have not left home, but returned to it. For more information, log on to Ireland.com. Want to get ball fit like the pros? Now it's easy. Just grab your phone and a friend and have them record a video of you hitting a drive. Hello, Senior Tour. I absolutely smoked that. (laughs) Anyway, submit your video to BridgestoneGolf.com. You'll receive an email showing your stats and the best tour be for your game. So get fit and get better. Sweet. Got me on a good day. Are you ready for golf's biggest season ever? Because we are. Our certified fitters are waiting to fit you for free with the latest clubs from Callaway, TaylorMade, Cobra, Titleist, and more. Plus, shop the latest gear and apparel from all your favorite brands. Experience golf's biggest selection under one roof. Don't just shop this season. Shop with the pros at the PGA Tour Superstore. 
The Fairraiser Life Show is live weekdays at 8 a.m. Eastern Time and 24-7 on demand as a digital radio and streaming television show. Download the Fairways of Life app and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Log in to fairwaysoflife.com for more information. Are you an E or a C? Both have Ridgeback. These are loaded with tech. Which one are you gaming? Definitely E for me. It's just so forgiving. I'm definitely an E. C is for checkout. What else? C is for kill it. C is me. Low spinning bombs. So, are you an E or a C? Hmm. I don't know. Hey, wait a minute. Pound for pound, nothing comes close. Created without the constraints of time or money, PXG golf clubs are the most technologically advanced available today. And they are a perfect union of art, science, and engineering. And the PXG experience is unlike any you've had before. After you've been custom fit, your clubs will be built to exacting standards and your exact specs in the USA. So when you hear it, you know. PXG. Nobody builds golf clubs the way we do. Period. My game's in a lot better place. I'm a lot more confident. I'm in a better place mentally. Um, I just, I feel, I feel a lot better about everything. I mean, I've, uh, it doesn't, like I just said, it doesn't necessarily mean anything great's going to happen. Um, but that's the, the fun and uh, miserable thing about this game that I've decided to play. But, uh, yeah, I just, I, I feel a lot better about the, the preparation that I'm doing, about the process I'm kind of going about it. Um, just everything that's getting trying to get me ready for golf tournaments that way when I go out there I can kind of get and try to get in a little zone a little bit of a focus and just let things happen versus maybe when things aren't going as well I need to try to make them happen or force them to happen if that makes sense so um, yeah I, I feel a lot better about things uh, at this time this year than last year oh my gosh that last statement he just made there feel a lot better about things this year than last year remember the storm cloud that he was coming in with or at least the dark clouds that were still lingering into this player's last year because of, he used that slur and it, then everybody, you know, sponsors are starting to drop him. And it, it, it was still, in that case, I thought it was a crazy overreaction. What he did was wrong. What he did, he shouldn't have done. But in that case, I think it's okay for us to, to have someone go, you know what? It was really dumb of me. I got myself in the habit of saying something like that, which I shouldn't have. And I'm really, really sorry. And that, to me, that should have been enough. And instead of all these sponsorships drop, because, because the disconnect is that you have other players that have done the exact same thing and there was zero impact on them in their life. No sponsors dropped them. It's just, it's a difference between people looking at someone and going, oh, wow, we, we just thought you were such a nice guy. He chose the wrong word because he told us later on, it's not the way I feel. Okay. Or is it, is it all of a sudden his, his, his truthfulness is impugned? We're not going to believe him when he said, that's not the way I feel. I just used that phrase. I was upset. It was stupid. I shouldn't have done it. I don't know. Some, sometimes I think, I think saying when, when someone says that they're wrong, it should be enough. And they're sorry, legitimately sorry. But it, it, again, it stands in contrast because so much of yesterday's press conference run was about what was going on. It was, I'm going to say it was Phil. It was really about the Saudi-backed Super Golf League. 
but much of it was also about Phil. Well, the difference is with Phil, he apologized for using horrific language by saying, well, I mean, that was taken out of context and it was, and it was used without my consent. Oh, okay. Does that mean you didn't say it? Or does that mean that you don't use that language when, when the microphones aren't on you? What did, what did that say? Whereas the whole rest of the statement from Phil was not a mea culpa. He wasn't beating himself with the reeds. It wasn't about him saying, look, I, I did something that I shouldn't have done. I was wrong. I, I, I wasn't grateful for the, for the hundreds of millions of dollars that, I, that I've earned. Uh, yes, with your own talents, I get it. Uh, but on this forum and all the rest, never even mentioned the PGA Tour. There was so many areas that, that offended people's sensibility where people said there was, a, there was an element of just being tone deaf on this. Just didn't get it. The, the obnoxious greed of the tour and all the rest. It's just, it had, I guess the, the, the cliche I would use is that it very much had a sense of biting the hand that has fed him so very, very well. Uh, whereas the, the situation with Justin Thomas wasn't that. It was, it was about, it was about what happens when, when it becomes a, a public fervor and, and everyone demands cancellation. You know, it, it's, there's just such, there's a tendency in our, in our society today to so overreact. Was he wrong? Dead wrong. When he said what he did was wrong, shouldn't have done it. But sometimes I think it's okay for a person to go. I shouldn't have done it, and I'm really sorry, and I'll be a better person because of it. You know? So, great article. Uh, this was from Sean Martin. Again, I found this on pjtour.com. I, I, and as I was reading through this thing last night, I was, I was thinking to myself, oh, I'm definitely going to use this on the air because it is so classic to this piece of property. Nine things to know, TPC Sawgrass. He says, the Players' Championship is upon us, and it means another week to appreciate the genius of Pete Dye and Dean Beeman. The Players' Stadium course at TPC Sawgrass was designed to offer an unparalleled spectator experience while testing the strongest field in golf with a pure test of golf that doesn't favor any single style of play. Dye's design culminates in a dramatic finish that includes one of the game's most famous holes. Let's dive in and take a closer look at the annual venue for the Players' Championship. One, a dollar in a dream. PGA Tour Commissioner Dean Beeman purchased the 415 acres on which TPC Sawgrass was built for just $1. Talk about a bargain. Beeman's vision for the course and the tournament it would host convinced the owners to hand over the land for next to nothing. The site was a heavily wooded swamp, which made the creation of TPC Sawgrass an adventurous process. Quote, When I first inspected the proposed site for TPC Sawgrass, my only compatriots in the impenetrable swampy jungle were deer, alligators, wild boar, and deadly snakes said Dye. He encountered a snake before he even started to build the course. When he dug a hole to test the soil, a large water moccasin popped out of the hole. Dye said, quoting, it must have been five feet long and as big as your arm. Dye estimated that they killed 70 rattlesnakes during the construction and all of them were five to six inches around. Two, the sketch. That $1 check Dated February 1, 1979, isn't the only memento from TPC Sawgrass's early days that hangs in the course's clubhouse. There was also the placemat that was a canvas for Dye's first sketches of the course. 
He quickly laid out a rudimentary plan after hearing Beeman's vision for the stadium course concept. Building an e-course was the key to giving the Players' Championship its own identity and adding the prestige of the PGA Tour's flagship event, which started in 1974 and has been played on four different courses before finding its permanent home at TPC Sawgrass. Quote, Dean decided that the way to build this championship and make it significant in the eyes of the professionals at press was not to compete with the other majors, but to create a separate identity, Dye wrote in his autobiography. In his opinion, this is just exactly what the concept of stadium golf should accomplish. Dye eventually submitted more extensive plans, but often deviated from them. He was a creative genius who often improvised. The course most famous hole, the Island Green 17th, is a prominent example. Dye said that, I finally had to submit a complete set of plans for the stadium course. I suppose Dean's bankers must have been afraid that I would kick off midway through the job and they would have to be left with a half a golf course. Three, stadium golf. So what is stadium golf? It's an architecture philosophy with the fan in mind. Large spectator mounds give gallery members an unobstructed view of the action. Holes that run parallel to each other and return to clubhouse. Creative hubs of activity where fans can see multiple holes at once without walking miles. Beeman knew firsthand how hard it would be to watch a golf tournament. Any golf tournament. The Phoenix Open was the first event he attended after becoming commissioner in 1974. He stayed outside the ropes to get a fan's eye view. Beeman, who, st- who stands five foot seven, often had trouble seeing the action. He noticed that some fans brought stepladders for a better view. Others brought periscopes. To that, he said, quote, I'm looking through the back of some, some head, trying to figure out who was doing what. I said to myself, wow, can you imagine coming out here and walking five miles to watch this? End quote. TPC Sawgrass is built, was built on flat ground. So the spectator mounds were built with the, with, from the soil that was excavated to create the course's water hazards. Number four. Here we go. See, this is a perfect picture that Andrew has up there. This 17th hole, the most famous amphitheater at the stadium course. Thousands of fans congregate on the spectator mounds to watch players take on one of golf's most famous holes. Dye's original plans didn't call for the course's penultimate hole to have an island green, though. The 17th was supposed to be a peninsula with a lake guarding the right side of the green. However, the 17th hole was also the site of the property's best sand, which they used to create around the golf course. The more they excavated, the larger the gulf grew. Beeman said, pretty soon there wasn't anything left but this little old piece to place a pin on. These quotes are coming from the book Golf's Driving Force. The next part of the story was becoming part of Dye's lore. We have a big problem, Pete Dye said to his wife. I only have 17 holes out there. It was her idea to make the green an island. He said that, quoting, she said to me, throw a bulkhead out there in the middle of it and put some sand and dirt on top of it. A light went on, and that's exactly what happened, close quote. Despite being a short hole with relatively large green, Dye knew that it would become one of the most intimidating holes of golf. To that, he said, we had created a hole that was planted in the player's mind from the very first tee. Mark Kalkovecki, was a 13-time winner on the PGA Tour, compared the hole to a 3 p.m. root canal, saying, all day, you know it's coming, but that doesn't make it any easier when you finally come time to confront it. 
The 17th is sandwiched between the short par 5 16th and the punishing finishing hole. That closing stretch, which can create large swings in scoring, was designed to encourage dramatic finishes. So that was just a piece of this article. Uh, Sean Martin wrote it at PGATour.com. I loved it, and I wanted to share those couple of things with you, particularly about the origin of the par 3 17th as you're enjoying the action this week. All right, so we just heard from Justin Thomas in his prospects as a defending champion. He feels good coming into this week and feels like his game is ready. What of Xander Shoffley? Uh, so, as a tournament of the player's stature, and everyone always has this argument, is the, is the, the player's the fifth major and what have you, which I don't particularly feel like it's a compelling reason to have to define. Uh, I, the thing that I love about the majors that exist on the men's side of the game is that none of them were declared a major. And I think the PGA Tour, who I would say probably admittedly would love to see the players be recognized as a fifth major, are being smart about how they're approaching it. They're letting time define the significance of a victory at the Players' Championship. They're not mandating it. They're not trying to mandate it, which there would be, I'm sure, people rising up and saying no, 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 because remember, the four majors are not property of the PGA Tour, whereas you go with the PGA Tour champions or if you go with the LPGA, where both of whom have declared majors, and everyone kind of goes, yeah, okay. I mean, you're the governing body of them too. You're behind them. Mostly. So in this case, it's a question of how you define the players and where it falls in its own right and standing alone, just very much like the golf course that we were just discussing. Xander Shoffley did that. Uh, gaining the respect of the players. I mean, I know it's ironic that's called the players, but I, I'd say just having people like those two speak highly of, of any product um, will give it, you know, a lot of weight. So a lot of People want to win this tournament, um, not just because it is, you know, there is a $20 million purse, but just because uh, it's considered our fifth major and, and majors are sacred to us. So um, every year we come here, you know, the stands seem to be bigger. Everything seems to, you know, be bigger. Um, I've never been in this media room. I don't know if this is new. This is, seems pretty big here. So overall, you know, you make big tournaments by just, I guess, making everything more magnified and, and, and more important. So uh, this is a very important week for us. This is why I've got the greatest team in the world. Dom and Andrew, while I was listening to that sound from Xander Shoffley talking about the merits of this event, uh, and rightfully so, the merits of this event too, for I think it's going to be wildly entertaining just like it always is. Uh, they found this, the original sound from Dean Beeman, who's been a, a guest in this show multiple times, talking about, now you're going to hear it from the, from the man himself, talking about the origin. So with that, let me, let me use this one, Dom, first. I want to use the cut on why Dean Beeman built TPC Sawgrass and specifically the stadium course. Here is the former commissioner of the PGA Tour. That was part of the concept of what we built here. We built a stadium golf course and, and a stadium, um, what that, what that uh, hopefully will tell your listeners is that we were very concerned about how uh, we could make golf a great spectator sport mm-hmm. 
in some of the same ways that you can go to a great stadium and watch a football or basketball, soccer. Um, and, and you always have to walk. Uh, but we, th- we wanted to make sure that, that if you wanted to work, walk five or six miles and watch golf, you could. Mm-hmm. But if you wanted to watch a lot of golf and you didn't want to walk five or six miles, there are four or five places on this golf course you can go. I knew we, the fairways had to be relatively down and the spectators have to be up. Yep. <laughs> so uh, it, 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 it seems simple. It seems logical. But uh, almost every golf course in the world up until this time was built just for players. It wasn't built for, for, for spectators. True. Um, yeah, we were, we were building the tour in a way that we wanted, um, we wanted the spectators to enjoy mm-hmm. and to really be able to see golf. All right, so to this, the par 317th, that some people love it, some people hate it. Again, I, I look at everything just as a fan and go, it is wildly entertaining. It, it will be this week with these winds that we're going to get and the weather that we're going to get. Uh, here's Dean Beeman from that same interview where he tells us the story of the origins of 17. It wasn't anybody's idea. Uh, it, it turned out to be the culmination of a lot of ideas. But right where you're looking now and we're looking now is the place where the best sand was. And when we cleared the property and there was 18 inches of muck everywhere because it was a, it was a low piece of property, we had to move that muck that became all the spectator mounds. Oh. So we moved all that. So we're That's, all sitting on muck. We're sitting on debris and muck that came out of, of, uh, and buried trees and things like that. Oh. And then we needed to cap everything with a couple feet of beautiful sand for things to grow. Most of the good sand was right here where you're looking. So we kept digging sand and putting it on the golf course and digging it. And we ended up with a big hole. And only 17 holes. We needed to have one more hole. So we collaborated on it was originally going to be a peninsula where the, where, the, uh, where the property came out this way. And there was a sort of a safe landing area on the left side, you know, a kind of bailout area. And in the final analysis, uh, Alice said, well, why don't we just build an island? Uh, no bailout. Well, the, the, then the contention became between Pete and I. He originally wanted this hole to be about 165, 70 yards. And I said, you're going to build an island. You're going to have 135 max on that tee. And so we compromised. They got their island. I got a shorter hole. Yeah, he stretches to 142-ish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine what that would be (laughs) trying to (laughs) – what what you'd be running through if this was 165 yards? How classic is what you're hearing, the history of all this stuff with Dean Beeman, where that piece of the story is one that doesn't get talked about often, if ever. I I mean, I hadn't heard it before Dean Beeman told me it that day, where Pete Dye won it. And there's a lot of Pete Dye holes with water features, par threes, that measure in the vicinity of 170 or more, where he doesn't have the stuff. If he didn't have a personality, Dean Beeman was such a forceful personality. Where if you don't have a personality that can be as forceful as his, uh, look up at uh, Whistling Straits. He's got he's got that the, the left side. I, I just have this image of Jordan Spieth hitting his shot from there at the Ryder Cup. Where par three seventeenth. To me, it's too long. 
even the best players in the world are coming in with relative to the best players in the world. So having said this, lower lofted irons, and it's extremely hard to hold. It's just too much. Dean Beeman wouldn't let it happen here. And you just heard how that, how the, the story went and how Pete Dye wanted it to be longer because that's Pete Dye. And, and Dean Beeman was like, you're crazy. You can't do it that length. So it ended up on an average of about 135. As you heard me mention, it can, they can stretch it to just outside of 140, but that's about the most that they can do. Now, earlier, and we'll show it to you again, you saw the check. I love this story where Dean Beeman tells us about how he got this land, what he paid for it, and did they ever really get paid? I I convinced uh, Paul Fletcher and his and his brother Jerome that if we would build our golf course here on their property, they had four thousand acres okay. that stretched all the way from uh, Sawgrass, where the Marriott is, all the way around to where the big road comes across onto the island now. And uh, I convinced them that if we could, would build, if they would give me four hundred acres, four hundred fifteen acres that I could make the rest of their 4,000 acres very valuable. And, and, and it wouldn't take very long to do that. And I, convinced, <laughs> and I convinced them that that was the case. Well, of course. Well, we how had, much did you pay for this 400 acres? I paid a dollar. You paid one dollar? Yeah, I paid a dollar. And it, it's really kind of funny because I wrote a check for it. <laughs> it was one of those official checks of the PGA Tour. I handed it to them, and then I took it back because I wanted to put it on the wall. So they didn't even get the dollar. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> is that awesome or what? Uh, the Fairways of Life show is presented. It was basically free. I never paid them. I, I think it could go back and they could claim the property. Uh, the Fairways of Life show is presented by the PGA Tour Superstore. The PGA Tour Superstore are the number one golf retailer in America and they are absolutely booming right now and rightfully so. If you've ever been to one of their stores, you know what I'm talking about. They are massive and they are beautiful and whatever you could want in your game, you're going to find in there. Uh, One of my favorite things to do is to go in and just putt. Huge, massive putting area. They have the, the, the putting carpet rolling, I would say 13, 14, but you've got hundreds and hundreds of putters that surround you. Which one calls your name? Uh, the PGA Tour Superstore is staffed by professionals. They are the best at what they do. Thus, they are number one. Check them out at PGATourSuperstore.com. When we come back, you're going to hear from more players, and you're going to hear some really intriguing sound from the commissioner of the PGA Tour. Boyne Golf provides the ultimate world-class golf destination with 10 championship-caliber courses spanning three resorts. Centered in Michigan's northern Lower Peninsula, the courses are the products of some of the game's masters, including Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross. From the all-inclusive vacation packages, elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled Michigan golf vacation experience. Just log on to BoyneGolf.com. Today, there are smarter phones, smarter cars, smarter everything. So Bridgestone Golf's engineers thought, why not a smarter golf ball? Introducing the new Tour B with a smart reactive IQ cover that delivers more power off your driver and more control off your wedges. Try Bridgestone's new Tour B with reactive IQ cover, the smarter Tour Ball. 
The Fairways of Life show is live weekdays at 8 a.m. Eastern time and 24-7 on demand as a digital radio and streaming television show. Download the Fairways of Life app and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Log in to fairwaysoflife.com for more information. Ben Hogan demanded perfection in every golf club that bore his name. We still do. Exceptional quality. Exceptional craftsmanship. Exceptional price. Order your custom-built Equalizer 2 wedges at BenHoganGolf.com. Are you ready for golf's biggest season ever? Because we are. Our certified fitters are waiting to fit you for free with the latest clubs from Callaway, TaylorMade, Cobra, Titleist, and more. Plus, shop the latest gear and apparel from all your favorite brands. Experience golf's biggest selection under one roof. Don't just shop this season. Shop with the pros at the PGA Tour Superstore. Created without the constraints of time or money, PXG golf clubs are the most technologically advanced available today. And they are a perfect union of art, science, and engineering. And the PXG experience is unlike any you've had before. After you've been custom fit, your clubs will be built to exacting standards and your exact specs in the USA. So when you hear it, you know. PXG. Nobody builds golf clubs the way we do. Period. Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye Course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana and Golf Week's best you can play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross Course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's best you can play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comfort served with Midwestern charm. Visit FrenchLick.com. What's going on, folks? Welcome back to the program. Uh, Dom's telling me that we actually had somebody drop out of the French Lick trip, got injured, whatever. They're forcing them out, so we have space. Fairwaysoflife.com slash French Lick 2020. Fairwaysoflife.com, our regular website. You can see it on the screen if you're within the TV side. Fairwaysoflife.com slash French Lick 2020. If you want to hang out with us and play golf and, and all of the frivolity. We're going to have a great time, and we cannot wait to get together with everybody. I'm going to say post-COVID, I don't mean to upset anybody, but I kind of feel like we're at least on the, on the other side of it enough to, to put a trip together and have some fun, and, and we're really looking forward to that. So some players that are playing really well. Do you, you know, remember I mentioned earlier when, when John Rahm was talking, and I said there are four players that have a shot of ascending to his throne? Various machinations have to take place in order for that to happen. One of those players is none other than Scotty Scheffler. And when you look at Scotty Scheffler, he's, he's always an, an interesting study to me because for Scotty Scheffler, yeah, he, he would always show up at these big events, right? Young guy playing well at, in majors and everyone look at it and go, well, this is really interesting. And then there's always that kind of shrug of the shoulder and go, yeah, one day he's, he's going to be in contention for these things and close. But I always looked at it from the standpoint of going, well, why does he have this ability to rise up at these huge moments? Right? And I think that comes down to how you're wired. But for Scotty Scheffler, I, the question I would pose, and this is what he addressed with the media was, now you're a two-time Winner on the PGA Tour in a span of 21 days. What changed? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the Ryder Cup was definitely kind of a, a stepping stone, if that makes sense, in my career. Um, that was always a tournament I always dreamed of playing. I always wanted to be on that team. I love the Ryder Cup. I, I love playing for my country. And, you know, uh, there's a few guys on that team that kind of had my back and basically, um, I don't know if they voted me on the team or whatever it is, but there was a few guys on the squad that wanted me to be a part of that team. And it gave me a good bit of confidence and, you know, belief in myself. And, you know, that... That kind of maybe catapulted me a little bit, for sure. Um, that was definitely something I didn't see happening that early in my career, but I was you know, very blessed to be on that team, and um, that was, it was really cool. Yeah, so that point that he made that the way he phrased it, there were a few guys who really wanted me on that team, 100% convinced that that was the, the, the kind of back room, and I don't mean it to sound nefarious. They put on the team where they wanted to. That's the nature of it now. Uh, and I'm sure somewhere uh, Patrick Reed is, is wincing because there's no doubt in my mind, when you were looking at the list, one of the things that, that uh, Steve Stricker was looking at with his captains and his teammates was chemistry. They were looking for the right chemistry, the, the right mix. And Scotty Scheffler fit that bill. Another player that did too was Patrick Cantlay. And with Patrick Cantlay, he's a really interesting study uh, in so many different ways. He's a quiet guy. He he doesn't have a personality that jumps out. This this I guess the 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 cliche would be letting his clubs do the talking. Uh, I'm waiting to see for me, I'm waiting to see how big Patrick Cantlay actually becomes. He's proven himself, what he did last year. All of that was very impressive. But it's time, one guy's opinion, it's time for Patrick Cantlay to step up to perform and to close at golf's biggest events. I feel the same way with another player that tends to be quiet and allow his clubs to do talking, and that's Xander Shoffley, who we've already heard from. So in the case of Patrick Cantlay, When we get a chance to hear what he has to say, which is typical of people who tend to be quiet, that when they speak, it it has depth to their words. They tend to be profound. And so too is this about Patrick Cantlay talking about uh, it's not all just about positions of power, about the elusiveness of feel. I'd say feel is still paramount in this game. I feel like different players maybe put an emphasis on it more or less, but Whenever I've talked to Tiger, he always talks about how he feels it in his hands and he feels it in the club, and he's trying to feel the weight of shots. Um, I've picked Fred Couples' brain a lot. He has a tendency to always hit it pin high, even if it's 20 miles an hour blowing any which way. He just, he'll take sometimes two clubs less than what I think, and he might only hit a four iron 170 yards, um, but he tends to always be pin high. and. He talks about just feeling it, feeling the wind, feeling and imagining what kind of flight he wants to hit with the four iron and imagining how the ball is going to land. And so I still think feel is a huge part of the game. Um, but to your point, I do think it's possible for people to take feel out of the game, especially with the track man and foresight machines. Uh, there's, a, there's definitely a more quantifiable nature to what's going on out here now more than ever. Fascinating comments from 
Patrick Cantlay, and he mentioned Tiger Woods. Tiger is going to be inducted into the World Golf Hall of Fame tonight. A David Ferretti host, Tiger has announced that his daughter Sam will be his presenter. Susie Maxwell-Burning, a four-time major champion, will be presented by Judy Rankin. Uh, Marion Hollins, who died in 1944, will be inducted tonight. She won the United States Women's Amateur. She was a golf course and club developer back in the day. Uh, it's incredible what, what she did and, and the, the place that, that she forged. Uh, Tim Fincham will be inducted tonight. Uh, his presenter is going to be Davis Love III. And then, of course, as I mentioned, Tiger. Really looking forward to that. There's so much that's cool about this week that lies uh, before us. Uh, a lot of it will be very much weather dependent. We're going to hear from the commissioner here now. Uh, and then when we finish with that, I'm going to give you airtime so you know how, when, and where to get the coverage of the players coming up, no matter where you are. Remember, we're not broadcasting this show on Thursday and Friday because we want you guys and know you guys will be enjoying the players, rightfully so. So for Jay Monahan, we put these together. And the reason why we put these pieces together is because they do weave from one to another. Uh, there were overall themes uh, in his discussion and in his press conference uh, he was asked for his, the commissioner was asked for his response to Greg Norman and the inference that the Saudi league and players' participation, et cetera, will ultimately end up in a courtroom. He was asked about the tour, and at least from the perspective of the players and the tour itself, could they do a better job with transparency? And that came from comments earlier in the press conference of Rory McIlroy, and they said, hey, grade the commissioner, and his grades were very good, except for transparency. He said he could be better with transparency. Uh, the, the tour does not have a lineage of great transparency because of what they've had to do, what they've had to build. It just is the nature of them. And so as you see things change and evolve here and move forward, you've got a, a commissioner that's addressing the question of transparency, which is in and of itself fascinating. And then finally, he was asked for his comments on Phil Mickelson. So as you watch all of this, I would say, out of curiosity, let's watch all the cues. Not only the things verbally addressed, but also the things in terms of the body language. I'm curious what your response is to this, Commissioner Jay Monahan addressing the media. Listen, our, our, our PGA Tour rules and regulations were written by the players for the players. Uh, and they've been in existence for over 50 years. Uh, and I'm confident uh, in our rules and regulations, my ability to administer them. And that's, that's my position on the matter. I, I, can't, I can't speak to you, say it any more clearly, that... Um, that is, we're confident in our position, and we're going to keep moving forward as a PGA Tour and focus on the things that we control. And what's most important is if you look at the PGA Tour today, and you've heard me say this before, we're going to grow faster over the ten, next 10 years than we have at any other point in our history. Our players have spoken. They, have, they are 100% behind the PGA Tour. They've expressed their loyalty and, and, and commitment in their own unique ways. In 2021 and 2022, we have 13 title sponsors that are entering new title sponsor agreements. We're secured through the end of next year. 
At the beginning of this year, we walk into our new media rights agreements uh, with the partners I just mentioned through 2030. We have the backing of all of our partners. We've never been better positioned. Uh, and this is real. We're at the Players' Championship. Uh, we're back here, and we're going to have full capacity, full crowds, the world's best players. Uh, and we're going we're to accelerate into uh, the, our season of championships and continue to grow this tour. Uh, and when we do that, all that other stuff, it doesn't matter because we're in a position where no one can compete with what we have. I think that um, I think one of the things we can always improve at is transparency. And you've seen a lot of that with our communication to our membership really over the last two years as we've come back from COVID, stood up our schedule, dealt with all the challenges associated with that, um, had a lot of misinformation out there around our business. We've, we've, we've had direct conversations with our members, and we've had a lot of communication uh, to our broad membership, including at our recent player meeting. I don't think you can ever be good enough on that front, and I take that on myself, and I think you'll see us continue to be more transparent and answer any questions that we think are on the minds of our players. Um, we have nothing to hide, uh, and, and we're proud of what what this organization represents, the values it conveys, the way that we run our business. And um, we're happy to share and answer any question any player has, and for that matter, any, any question that you all have today. As it relates to Phil, um, you said it. The, you know, the ball is in his court. He has said that he's stepping away and he wants time for reflection. That's something that I and we are going to respect and honor. And when he's ready to come back to the PGA Tour, we're going to have that conversation. Um, that's a conversation I look forward to. I have not talked to Phil uh, since he made his comments and since he said that he was stepping away. Um, and like I said, I think the ball is in his court. I would welcome a phone call from him. Um, but it's hard for me to, to talk about the different scenarios that could play out. But listen, there's a player that's won 45 times on the PGA Tour. He's had a Hall of Fame career. He's won here at the Players' Championship. He's inspired a lot of people and helped grow this tour, his tour. And so as difficult as it is to read some of the things that were said, ultimately the conversation will be had when he's ready to have it, and I'll be ready to have it as well. He stepped away uh, on his own accord, and he's asked for time. He's been given that time. And we don't comment on disciplinary, disciplinary matters, potential matters or actual matters. But every player, you know, is accountable for their actions out here. So th that tells me to that latter part with Phil, obviously what the press was pushing for is they were trying to find out did you suspend Phil Mickelson, right? And he's like, well, we don't talk about disciplinary matters. That's their policy. We don't talk about it. And it doesn't sound to me like Phil has been suspended. But I feel like one has to throw a yet in there. Do, do you guys agree? Because he's like, oh, when, when Phil's ready to talk, I'm ready to talk. The commissioner just seemed mad to me. As I, as I said earlier in the program, he seems resolute. He seems confident in their position and what they have. And I would agree with him. Rightfully so. I think you should. 
But after that, especially when the Phil stuff came, came floating around, he stuck to policy. He stuck, this is the way the tour does things, but he sure seemed pretty mad about what was going on. All right, let's get you up to speed on what's going on and how, when, and where you can get your coverage of the players as we are sitting on the eve of the start of the 2020 edition. Television coverage of the players will kick off tomorrow on Golf Channel at noon Eastern time. Same time on Friday, noon Eastern time for the television coverage. Saturday and Sunday on NBC, the coverage will start at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Now, the when you get into the coverage and the significance of it, you know, I know, Dom, you have some of the stats in this stuff, and it's staggering. PGA Tour Live, which is available on ESPN+, Plus, has a massive amount of coverage. There are four different, four different feeds going all the time. And that coverage will come on the air Thursday and Friday. Ready for this? That's what I mean about, we're, we're not doing shows next couple of days. This is about you guys enjoying all the golf as much as you can and us too. 6.45 a.m. And then on the weekend, 7.45 a.m. Tom, how impressive are the numbers behind the numbers? 167 hours of coverage this week, starting <laughs> tomorrow morning. I want you to watch they every minute of it. 50, <laughs> I probably will. I mean, uh-huh, uh, 15 talent, uh, uh, over 200 personnel. Some of those are on-site literally at the players, and some of them are at St. Augustine at the PGA Tour Entertainment headquarters where some of this stuff is being produced. And, you know, the feature groups are out of control. McElroy, Spieth, Berger, Morikawa, Thomas, Brooks, Xander, Matsuyama. I mean, you name it. You're going to watch every shot from basically every player you care about. I love it. I, I don't know what else to say. I, I, as a golf fan, it's like, it's nirvana. It's just the best. You just get no, to see no everything about you want to see, and you don't you don't have to miss anything. So when you're you're driving this this weekend from Raleigh, North Carolina, up to New England, northern New England, do you drive the whole way? Are you that are you that guy that that has to be behind the wheel, or do you do you switch off with Rebecca? I'll be driving the full whatever number of hours it's going to be. <laughs> so, PGA Tour radio for you. Potentially, but if I can, you know, I, I might pull over at uh, a gas station and be like, oh, gas, the prices are so high. My ankle is killing me. Can you put, can you take over just for like, just for like Jordan Spieth round? <laughs> and then, and then I can watch it on my phone. <laughs> my ankle is killing me. All right. So to that point, it was, it was a, a segue into PGA Tour Radio. Let's get you ready as to how, when, and where you can get it on the audio side as well. Thursday and Friday from noontime will be when the live coverage comes on the air. Saturday from 1 p.m., Sunday from 1 p.m. Now, you can hear it on the PGA Tour app. You can hear it on PGATour.com. And both of those places are for free, and they work around the globe. Or if you subscribe to the National Satellite Service in North America, Sirius XM. Now, Dom, I have to ask because I know you're all excited about this. You put two blind resumes together of these dark horses. Oh no, that no, you think I wanted to talk win. to you about this off air. It's okay. Yeah, I was. I he asked, "Do you want to use this?" I was like, "I don't think I'm going to have time." Now I feel bad about it because he's he's sitting there with his sad emoji face. <laughs> so no, no, no. I was going to tell you off the air. I just didn't, I'm just a golfer. I think it's interesting. Go ahead. So tell me what you got. You that this, if I told you this player was fifth in greens of regulation on tour, second in scoring average inside the top 10 in FedEx Cup standings, 
inside the top 20 in strokes gain approach, strokes gain around the green, strokes gain putting, strokes gain tee to green, and strokes gain total. Who do you think I'd be talking about? Oh, my gosh. Top 10. I mean, that's quite a resume. Like, if I read that, you think to yourself, well, that person has a really good shot to win the players. And, it's, and you're, you're presenting it because it's, it's like a name that, that we haven't even been hearing. Correct. Now, we should be hearing it. And when I say it, you're going to be like, oh, well, of course he has a chance to win. But um, no one's talking about this person. Would it be someone like a Corey Connors? No. But, I, but, I mean, I guess that's close, yeah. The, the answer to, the, the, answer to the, the puzzle is Cam Smith. Oh, very good. Exactly. Very good. It's like, of course. Yep. Yeah, he could totally win the match. And then I have one totally. more. This is more of a, even more of a left field when you're like, oh, I didn't see that coming. This player is 19th in accuracy off the tee on tour. 18th in greens regulation. Third in scoring average. Inside the top 20 in the FedEx Cup standings. Sixth in approach to green. 13th around the green. Eighth tee to green and tenth on tour in strokes gained total. Hmm. It's funny how, how my mind keeps going back to a Corey Connors and this one, that type of player. This player, but, this player has not won this year, but he does have seven top 25s in only 10 starts. Shane Lowry. No. <laughs> I could say anything. I could say, hey, how you doing this morning, Matt? Shane Lowry. Oh, of course, that's how you're doing. <laughs> no, this player, who is sixth in approach to green, 10th on tour in strokes gain total. He's third in scoring average on the PGA Tour. Okay. Russell Henley. Whoa, I never would have gotten yeah. that one. Yeah, I don't know what his odds are, but we'll leave you with this on this Wednesday. Go look up Russell Henley's odds and maybe put down some money on that guy. It's too bad that you weren't leaving earlier because when you were driving through one of the states that have sports betting, you could put a few quid down on, on those two and, and throw, throw Shane in there too, frankly. I mean, well, I'll, one last thing. His, his struggle is putting where he's 80th on tour. He's not 200th. He's 80th. Yeah, but that's you would tour. agree that the one weakness that can be covered up this week because of the weather could potentially be putting, Yes. It's just not as important as it normally would be because the, yeah. the greens so, are, aren't going to be as there's your guy. picked out and hard and fast. Put some money down on Russell Henley, people. There you go. Wow. Okay. Good job, Dom. Hey, uh, thank you to all of you for joining us for this week and, and kind of breathing in everything that's going on in and around the Players' Championship. Remember, tonight is the World Golf Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Tiger Woods is going to become a member officially of the World Golf Hall of Fame. It was clear that he was destined uh, for some time. Uh, we'll be back with you again next week to recap everything that took place. Don, be careful on your drive. Thank you to Andrew and to John and to Wes and, and to Donna and to David and to Drew and everybody else that's uh, our, uh, part of our team behind the scenes. Always a pleasure. Cannot wait to share this experience with you and recap everything that took place next week. Until then, have a great one. Enjoy it. Goodbye for now.